going, Danny? Pretty good. How about yourself, Tyler? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Ready to hop on into this one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It's a good segue. I mean, I'm really excited to record this today. We're going to be talking about 1985's Mr. Vampire from China. <laughs> And I have a feeling we can talk about this for a bit. This is going to be a fun one. <laughs> yes, it is for a lot of fun reasons. And of course, we'll dive into that in just a little bit. Before we get there, though, let's start getting high. Let's get on our green hits. I had it right in front of me, and then I've already thrown away the wrapper. Um, I mean, I have oh, the joint gotcha, in front of gotcha, me still, gotcha. but what was it that you handed me? Yeah, so the joint that I brought you over... It's a strain called Orange Crush, and this particular strain, it's a sativa-dominant hybrid. So it's 80% sativa, 20% indica. The parent strains are California Orange, which is the sativa, and Blueberry, which is the indica. And so what it says here is that the head high is upbeat and happy. It's perfect for a gloomy day. It can be used to treat depression, anxiety, pain, and migraines. The most common side effect is going to be dry mouth, a little bit of red eyes, and it said sometimes a little bit of dizziness. But it does have a strong citrus aroma and flavor with distinct notes of sweet oranges. So I've tried it before. It's another one of those I got here in town. And they do a pretty decent job with their pre-rolls, too. I don't go to them very often, mm -hmm. but on occasion. So today, for you, I went to a shop, <laughs> and they were completely out of all their pre-rolls. Yeah, okay. And I didn't have time to move on. <laughs> I had to go get some lunch so I could get back and write notes on this. No doubt, no doubt. So you have loaded up a bowl, not a J, of some Nepali pink. I'm not sure how this breeding went. It's the product of three different strains. And so I'm not sure which two were mixed or if they were both mixed with something gotcha. and then those hybrids were mixed down. But it's a combination of Powerline, Hindu Sun, and Afghani pink OG. Nice, hell yeah. I mean, it's technically a hybrid, though I'm pretty sure it's very sativa dominant. It's fine. Like, when I read up on it and stuff, it's like, dominant sense of mango and passion fruit, which, like, okay, you're stretching things a little <laughs> bit there. Like, if you're going to tell me it smells fruity, but yeah, it doesn't quite, like, get, like, to mango. You know what I mean? No, no, no. I, I definitely smell more grapefruit than anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I liked it, though. It's a little bit fruity. Like almost like the kick of a little bit of almost mint, but not actually mint in the back there. But I don't know, energized, deal with anxiety, that sort of things. Some Nepali pink. That's that's what it is. Nice, hell yeah. I'm gonna fire this up though. This is gonna be good. Guts and bolts. I guess I didn't mention what we were about to be doing, but if you've listened to us before, you know that now we're into the guts and bolts section talk about who and what went into this movie, staying spoiler-free, giving you some warnings for what might be to come, and also giving you this, our spoiler-free setup to the movie. I had no idea how the fuck I was going to describe this, so this time I'm going to cheat and actually just use the IMDb description. Yeah, I think that's fair. Planned reburial of a town elder goes awry as the corpse resurrects into a hopping, bloodthirsty vampire, targeting everyone responsible for digging the grave. A Taoist priest and his two disciples attempt to stop the terror. Simple enough. I like it. And, of course, from week to week, we do like to talk about the people who go into making the film and the people starring in front of the cameras. And this week, we're going to talk about director Ricky Lau. And Ricky's known for some really cool films. Now, because of the success of this particular film, he went on to direct the subsequent sequels. So there are several of these films in this particular genre, too. 
Yeah, I think in the Mr. Vampire series, there's five of them, but only number five is actually a true sequel to this one. Gotcha. Yeah, some other things of note, Spooky Family Part 2, he did Romance of the Vampires, he's done things such as The Eight Gods, this is more recently, and Mr. Zombie, so a lot of films, like I said, in this particular genre. All right, we do have several writers on this project, including Ricky Lau. These other writers are included, Chuk Hon Zito, and if you look at some of their work, we've got such things as Armor of God, Dragons Forever, Writing Wrongs, and Dr. Wei and the Scripture. So some other interesting things from that particular gentleman. It looks like he's also responsible for Mr. Vampire Part 3 and such things as like Spider-Woman. So once again, some horror films in Hong Kong. All right, we have writer Barry Wong, and Barry Wong is known for such things as The Prodigal Son, The Dead and the Deadly, Double Trouble, The Other Side of Gentlemen, Mr. Vampire Part Two. so that's really cool. He's still a part of this franchise. Back in 1993, Fight Back to School, and also Fight Back to School Part Two. All right, we also have Ying Wong, another writer on this project, and some of their filmography includes Fist of Fury Part Two back in 1976, Encounters of the Spooky Kind from 1980. You have The Roving Swordsman, Return of the Bastard Swordsman, Mr. New Vampire in 1986, the 1990 film The Swordsman, and The Return of the Demon back in 1987. The cinematographer on this is Peter Njor, and Peter is known for such things as The Warlords, uh, where he actually did some camera and electrical he was the DP on the Tragic Fantasy, This is Tiger of Wan Che. He also helped with Infernal Affairs Part 2. Now, Infernal Affairs, if you're not familiar with it, is the movie that was remade into The Departed. Oh, that's pretty cool. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so editor on this is Peter Chung, and this particular Peter is known for editing such films as The Way of the Dragon, Who Am I, and Fist of Fury from 1972. Also, Police Story, a couple of Jackie Chan films. All right, the music was composed by The Melody Bank, which is a collection of different musicians. They've also scored the films The Spooky Bunch, The Millionaire's Express, and Final Justice. This was produced by Sammy Hung. Production companies were Buho Film Company Limited, Golden Harvest Company, Paragon Films Limited, and Toho Towa. The distributor was Golden Harvest Cinema. It had a release date on November 7th, 1985. That was its Hong Kong premiere. It had a budget of $8.5 million. That's just Hong Kong money, and it grossed in Hong Kong $20.1 million. So, pretty nice so, little return. Before we get into the actors in this, that producer, Sammo Hung, name jumped out huge to me in the credits. Because I like martial arts movies yeah, quite yeah. a bit. Dig kung fu movies quite a bit. Sammo Hung is super notable for a couple of reasons. One, very much having to do with this movie. He actually started the gong si genre. Yeah, that's pretty awesome, dude. And that's also a note that I'm going to make right now. We usually don't talk about this kind of vampire. If you look at the way it's written in English, it looks like Jian Shi. Right. I went and tried to look up a couple official pronunciations of that. All of them were variations of Jianxi, Jianxi, and underneath every one of those were people commenting, this is incorrect. 
but nobody would ever say how it's actually pronounced. Yeah. I went on to another video and looked up another video where a guy was saying Jiangxi the entire time. When I listened to this movie with them speaking Cantonese, I'm pretty sure it's Gyeongsi. Right. And that's when you look at a romanization that they use for it. And that's kind of how it's spelled out too. Mm -hmm. But with all of these different ideas of how it's said floating around and with me not wanting mm -hmm. to say Gyeongsi and just ruin, I mean, I probably have horrendous Cantonese. Oh, you and I both. I'm probably just going to refer to them as either Chinese vampires or hopping vampires from here on out. And I think that's probably the easiest way of describing these. <laughs> like your vampires, too, without confusing names. We'll get into some more details on these vamps later, but on a purely technical note about the name, we know what the name is. I'm going to call it a fucking hopping vampire from here on out so that I'm not butchering Cantonese this entire episode. Yeah, and I'm sure there'll be people who get a little riled up over that. <laughs> so we'll avoid all that. That being said, though, I was originally saying Sammo Hung invented the genre and helped like reinvent martial arts genre in general. He was a producer on a ton of different things. He was a fight choreographer on a bunch of things. And even things he wasn't directly involved with, he was super instrumental on starting and sort of helping guide and mentor the early careers of a lot of martial arts movie makers in That's China. That's awesome, man often referred to as big brother because that i mean yeah. he's the big brother to all these people so sammo yeah. hung is a huge name things that like western audiences might know him for is he's actually has won awards for action choreography for the it man series it man one and okay, two yeah nice yeah. nice there you go i mean that's mm. a very prominent name and mm -hmm. you can tell that his fingerprints on this is <laughs> awesome all right so let's dive into our very, very talented cast. And I'm going to lead off with our actor, Lam Qingying, and he plays Master Gao in this film. And some things of note from Lam is he was in such films early on as The Big Boss from 1971, where he was actually an assistant action director. He was a stuntman in Fist of Fury from 1972. He was also a stuntman and an assistant action director in Enter the Dragon from 1973. So these are all Bruce Lee films. Then he went on to do such things as Encounters of the Spooky Kind. He was also in The Prodigal Son. He went on to do such things as Millionaire's Express, which I mentioned earlier. And then because of this film, he was in a one-way blessed and cursed, if you want to call it that, because he kind of got typecast as this character, mm. the Taoist priest. And so subsequently he did pretty much all these vampire, you know, yeah. Mr. Vampire films. So <laughs> it is no mistake of why he's in these. But some of his last credits included such things as The Green Hornet from 94, so don't, not to be confused with the up-to-date version of it, The Kung Fu Kid in 94, and Exorcist Master in 93. And unfortunately, he did pass away, I think his was back in 97? Double check. Yeah, yep. 97, which we're recording here on the 9th of November, so it was literally yesterday, 23 years ago. Wow. Right, which is... A weird coincidence, because there's another actor I'm about to mention who passed away on the same date, just a different year. Oh, wow. Yeah. So moving ahead, we have actor Ricky Hu. He plays the role of Man Chao, which is one of the disciples of Master Gao in this film. And some things of note from this particular gentleman is he was in a lot of Shaw Brothers films from 72 through 76, which included The Lizard, The 14 Amazons, The Sugar Daddies, The Generation Gap, Rivals of Kung Fu, Hong Kong 73, 
and then a slew of films after. Such things as Chicken and Duck Talk, Front Page, Magic Touch. It looks like he was involved with some music as well. He was a part of the French Press Agency in Hong Kong as well. So multi-talented man. He was the one I was mentioning who also passed away in November, oh, on wow. November the 8th, 2011, unfortunately. So yeah, another very talented actor. All right, we have... Chen Xiuho, he plays the role of Chao Seng in this film, and he's another one of the disciples of Master Gao. And some things of note from Mr. Chen is he's been in such things as The Legend of the Fox. He was in Two Champions of Shaolin. He was also in Brothers from the Walled City back in 82. Mr. New Vampire, he was also part of that Millionaire's Express film. Vampire vs. Vampire in 89. Magic Cop in 92. Let's see, some things more recently. He was in Vampire Cleanup Department in Happiness. And I did read, because there's going to be a couple other people mentioned here soon, they did the film Rigor Mortis back in 2013, and a lot of these actors and actresses reprised their roles for that film, mm. which is really neat. All right, moving forward, we have actress Moon Yi. She plays the role of Miss Ting Ting. All right, this is a little bit of a nerd of me. All right? I'm a big fan of stand-up comedy. I'm a big fan of Joe Coy. And because we are, you know, talking about an Asian film now, Ting Ting in Chinese doesn't translate the same as Tagalog, which is one of the many languages in the Philippines, right? And Ting Ting in the Philippines is what little boys call their dicks. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, if you speak Tagalog and you hear Ting Ting, you're probably going to get a chuckle out of it. <laughs> so anyhow... Some things of note for her, right? She went on to do some pretty cool films as well, right? Because of this, she went on to do Mr. Vampire Part 2. She was in the films Angel and Angel Part 2. She was also in Devil Hunters back in 89, Fatal Termination in 1990, The Avenging Quartet. She did a number of TV serial dramas. And I read some interesting things, like when they were casting for this part, the director, Ricky Lau, <clears throat> mm -hmm. He wanted somebody who was kind of unknown, you know, but someone who has, you know, obviously pretty. And he had seen her, I believe, in a play or something like that. Okay. And approached her and, you know, the rest is history. So because of this, she kind of was known in this particular genre, like you were mentioned, the hopping vampire genre. I did see this same year she was also in The Protector, which is a great nice. Jackie Chan flick. Nice. Well, great. I think it's one of his less better received out of all of his movies, but there was also some hiccups in production that led to there being like the cut or whatever, the theatrical cut, or the, I guess it would be like the US theatrical cut, and then a Jackie Chan edited cut. Oh, wow. And I think it even includes like extra footage that he went and like filmed for an entirely different like subplot to the movie and shit. I've only seen the, the US version and I liked it, but I think the Jackie Chan one's supposed to be better. Oh, man, I would imagine it's probably. Pretty boss, man. Mm -hmm. Nice. Okay, we have actor Huang Ha. He plays Master Yam. And some things of note that he was in, he was in Mission to Kill as actually a director in 1983. He was in a Jackie Chan film, some people might know, Drunken Master from 1978. He was also in such things as Encounter of the Spooky Kind Part 2, Devil's Vendetta back in 91, <laughs> Dirty Tiger, Crazy Frog, that's kind of funny. An incredible kung fu master. So, yeah, some kung fu films. All right, we have Wang Si Feng. She plays a role of Jade. I believe she also goes by Si Yuk in the film. Some things of note from her. She was in such films as The Handcuff back in 79, Possessed Part 2. She was in Mr. New Vampire back in 86 as well. 
She was also in Lucky Stars Go Places, Tragic Hero in 87. I thought I recognized fucking Master Yam. He is in Drunken Master. He's Master really Chow. Awesome. Yeah, she was I also, uh, I guess the only thing of note, Web of Decession back in 89 as well. All right, I've got two other actors, and that pretty much rounds out our cast and crew. I have Billy Liao. He plays the role of Wei, which is like the cousin to Ting Ting, mm-hmm. the police dude in this film. Some other things of note from him. He was in the film Shade of Darkness. He was also in Detective Investigation Files. He was in the television series of Kindred Spirit back in 95 through 96. Let's see here. He was in Aces Go Places, Yes, Madam, My Lucky Stars. He was also in Mr. Vampire Part 2, Parts 3, Police Story Part 2. Yeah, a lot of genre films, Vampire versus Vampire, Vampire Kids. Yeah, so some pretty cool stuff. He was also one of those people I was talking about was in Rigor Mortis mm-hmm. as well, so pretty neat. All right, and last but not least, we have Hyun Hwa, who plays the role of one of the hopping corpses, which I believe is the Grandpa Yam in this film. Some things of note from him, he was in Fist of Fury. He was also in The Way of the Dragon back in 72. He was also in Enter the Dragon in 1973. So another one of those guys worked with Bruce Lee is really cool. A lot of Shaolin films, a lot of kung fu films. So if you're into kung fu films from the 70s, 80s, pretty sure you've seen this guy. And once again, Mr. Vampire Part 4, which is pretty neat. Yeah, Hmm. so some interesting things of note here, man. All right, but yeah, that pretty much rounds out our cast and crew. You gave us a setup. We should give you some brief warnings. Let's see. I mean, I guess <laughs> there being language would probably depend on what subtitles you have. Good point. And it's <laughs> or mild if at you best. understand. Yeah, it's mild at best. At best. I mean, there's vampire attacks. Right. There's a little bit of blood and gore, but I mean, mm. very, 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 very little. There's very a little. Headless ghost. Mm-hmm. There's definitely that. So, yeah, if you're not really into, like, ghosts and stuff like that, perhaps, or spirits, vampires, <laughs> you know. If you're not into, and not just vampires, like. Hopping. Hopping. And there's a lot of Chinese folklore. So I guess if you couldn't give a shit about that, then this might not be it for you. Right. And once again, too, like, if you're. Or folk magic, I guess. Not really folklore. Yeah. There's, well, of course, we'll get into yeah. it. Yeah. So there's there's some things going on in this film, but. <laughs> For the most part, I did read that it was like PG-13, so, I mean, it's pretty family-friendly for the most part. Yeah, there's some slightly more risque jokes. Yeah, I mean, there's some sexual kind of innuendo stuff. But it's more risque for the time period, I would think, than now. I agree. Totally agree with that. Yeah, cool. Let's just talk about it without having to worry about spoilers (laughs) and shit. Find out how Mr. Vampire made us squeal. How does that make you squeal? All right, so... As far as it made a squeal, I mean, before we even sat down, I couldn't help it. Like, I was already telling you, I fucking really, really fucking dug this movie. Dude, this movie is really fucking dope. Like, in a lot of awesome ways. Mainly because it blends a couple of different genres, and it does each one of them very well. Very well. The horror is decent. Mm -hmm. It's not as extreme, but it's kind of on par with, like, Evil Dead, to be honest. Yeah. I agree, without it being, like you were saying, extreme or, you know, what have you. But that's the thing, like, the comedy is also, like, this is one of those movies where I like to point out, because I think there's a a couple different ideas in the zeitgeist of what a kung fu movie is, and one of those ideas that is kind of popular, I feel, is kind of wrong. Most 
kung fu movies involve big heaping doses of comedy. You know, that's a very good point. There is comedy relief in a lot of those kung fu movies. It's been tied into the genre almost since the beginning. And so, although it's a horror comedy, because it's actually less a horror comedy and it's more a horror kung fu movie that just leans into the fact that kung fu uses a lot of comedy. Great point. Even some of the more serious kung fu movies have at least a couple beats here and there where they're doing some of this like really physical, almost like pratfalls, except within a martial arts scope. Right. Makes total sense. So as an added bonus, you get the comedy from it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, (laughs) and it works well. It doesn't lean too much into that at all, you know? And maybe this isn't everybody's experience, but I've found that amongst people that don't watch this stuff often, it almost feels like people think that, like, Jackie Chan invented that or something. Mm. Which, okay, also his career is long enough that he kind of helped did. Like, it's a trope partially because he was one of the people doing it oh, a lot wh- from back in the doubt. day. But not in the way that I think people think about it. I think they'll see something like Rumble in the Bronx with some of his comedic acting thrown in there even though parts of that story are also pretty serious and they'll think like oh look at how innovative this is like the way he's able to almost you know be a clown and also do these cool martial arts moves but it's been part and parcel since the 70s well i was going to say too it's depends on how much exposure you've had as a western audience so if you're not familiar like you were saying with kung fu movies then you're not going to understand, you know, until you get exposed. And then by then it's already late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. You know, and then that's where there's like an influx of Jackie Chan's and Jet Li and all that stuff. So, but they've already been in the game. Like I said, and it's not always there. I mean. No, no, but it's, you know, it, it is a part of it. Yeah. And, you know, there's dozens of examples of just straightforward, serious kung fu moves. But truly part of the genre has always involved comedy. Without a doubt, man. I mean, even in some of the Bruce Lee films, there's some comedy in it, mm-hmm. you know, although the majority of it's pretty serious. Right. <laughs> right. So with that being said, some of the ways in which it made me squeal, just to start off with, is I had no knowledge of this film going into it, outside of the fact, of course, that it's like, okay, this is not your traditional vampire film to Western audiences, once again. It's not your Dracula and what have you. Mm-hmm. So already... It's going to make it interesting and unique to this particular subgenre. And so I was already on board, A, because I do like kung fu movies, I love comedy, and I love horror. And 1980s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hong Kong, let's see what you got. Yeah, I also knew very little going into this. I had heard the name come up a couple times. Mm-hmm. I knew that it involved hopping vampires. I knew a little bit about hopping vampires. Not a lot. But a little bit, and enough that I was just really excited to see, like, how is this going to translate? Are they as goofy as they sound like they're going to be? (laughs) The answer is kind of? Yes and no. Once you're sucked into the supernatural world that this movie sets up, Mm -hmm. they feel like a credible threat. But they still are kind of silly. Oh, yeah. No, there, (laughs) there are several moments in this film that left me grinning because of that. It's kind of like when you start watching Doctor Who for the first time, and you run into a Dalek for the first time, and you're like, what the fuck is this fucking pepper grinder? Why are people scared of these? Why are these one of the most celebrated villains ever? This thing can't even handle fucking stairs, right? (laughs) 
But then once you've watched the show for a bit, once you've got to see what they do. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, your fuck. chest tightens up when you see a Dalek come on screen because you're like, oh, fuck, it's the Daleks. It's the same thing with these vampires. They're fucking silly. But once you've been in the world for a little bit, you're like, okay, I get it. Right. Now you're part of that lore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, like, okay, yeah. <laughs> now you're going to see. <laughs> you're going to find out today. <laughs> and it helps when they have them just like pushing over fucking gates and shit. Yeah, man, this movie does such a good job of all of that. A, because it blends some of the absurd and in moments where they are supposed to be, have like this supernatural power and they do feel menacing mm-hmm. because they are. Like I said, once you're wrapped up in their presence, uh, that's what I enjoy about it. It didn't lean too far one way or the other. Right. Now, this is very different than Arsenal. I think we're going to have to stop for a second and explain these fucking vampires. <laughs> All right. Because they're a little bit closer to zombies. And in actual folklore... They're way closer to zombies. The vampire aspect was very much sort of played up, basically to have a market in Hollywood. Makes sense. Technically, the folklore version can absorb chi. It can absorb life force. How close they're sort of portrayed to Western vampires is the fact that was played up a little bit. Because, I mean, (laughs) you get the visual cues all throughout this movie, even when they're not... They don't suck blood. They're still absorbing life energy, and they're tending to do it more through their fingers than anything else. But they do bite people a few times just so that you get that, like, blood drip that you get from fucking Chris. Yeah, it it makes you feel at home somewhat, even though it might be foreign to you. Mm -hmm. So those bits are played up a little bit. Yeah, I think they even do a pretty good job of kind of poking fun at themselves for doing that as well. But there's a lot of different ways you can become a Chinese vampire. You can use dark supernatural arts to resurrect the dead as a Chinese vampire. Nice, hell yeah. A spirit can just possess a dead body. A corpse, in some manner, just manages to absorb enough yang chi to return to life. Yeah, I read that it had to do with, like, the two different things, like your, that yin and yang part of, I guess, the good and bad part of the spirit Mm -hmm. and whatever... So the bad part wants to hold on to the flesh, so to speak. And so sometimes those spirits will inhabit the flesh and do that stuff. Yeah, so it's, it is interesting. I mean, it's what makes it a little bit different and unique. There's another thought that a person's body is governed by three huns and seven poes. I don't know if I'm saying any of this correctly. And a Qing dynasty scholar wrote that a person's hun is good, but the po is evil. The hun is intelligent, but the po is not so good. The hun leaves his or her body after death, but their po remains and takes control of the body. So the dead person becomes a hopping vampire. Yeah, and that's, that's cool. If a dead person is not buried even after a funeral's been held, and then it can come to life either by when being struck by a bolt of lightning or if a pregnant cat leaps across its coffin. Hell yeah, kitty cat. If a person's soul just doesn't leave the body because of improper death, suicide, or just wanting to cause trouble. Hellraisers. And then this seems to be way more from the movies, especially this movie, because there was technically hopping vampire movies before Mr. Vampire, this genre doesn't exist the way it does without Mr. Vampire. This originates point. a lot of the tropes. So from here on out, you get a lot of just like a vampire virus being able to be passed, which is also kind of Western vampire-y if you think that about it. It does make sense, yeah. Which is, 
that's one of the parts that don't really go back to a lot of the original folklore. A lot of the more original folklore from what I was able to read up on, it seems like it was more just something that supposedly was done to return the dead to their homes to be buried. Like if you were out in war or something and there was a thought because of whatever that you might come back wrong or cause trouble or become a malevolent spirit in some kind because of being buried there, but the cure could be burying you at home, then you could be turned into a Jiangxi and led like we see the priest doing. Yeah, which I think having that too... Mm-hmm. You do get two different versions of it, and I think that's probably what makes this particular film stand out. Being that, I know we're talking about a little bit of both here, right? Folklore and what this film entails. Is that that, what is it called? Priest Four Eyes? That yeah. actor, <laughs> He's the one that has the hopping, like, corpses, but it's basically the, I don't necessarily call, I mean, I guess at least leaning more into the traditional folklore, right? Because the other version of that is the vampire version of it. These guys aren't vampires that I'm aware of. Like, not the blood-sucking type. Right, right. It's more like what you were saying. They, they're they hopping back home. Yeah. Yeah, he's leading them. <laughs> you know, they're only menacing, I guess, in the sense that they're zombies. Yeah, and so rumors came because of that, because Taoist priests would transport corpses back home. But the way they tended to do it was because the corpses were stiff. They'd basically just run poles underneath their armpits... <laughs> And have a few people on each side, you know, holding up the poles and carrying gotcha. them. Oh. So if you have, you know, like five or six stiff dead bodies right. on poles that are ran underneath their armpits, and that's the only thing keeping them upright, Damn. and you have three people on each side just, just walking, then those bouncing motions are going to make those corpses <laughs> from a distance look like they're hopping. Yeah, that makes sense. And it that's was thought neat. to be bad luck to see the corpses so they were only moved at night so if you saw them from a distance at night (laughs) yeah it would probably fuck you up (laughs) like damn this sucks that's Um, neat that's really cool so that's like kind of more where it came from and i probably simplified that quite a bit but but no i think it's a a good idea with stories like this it has an origin and it makes you kind of wonder if you don't know that origin story how did that idea come about and it makes sense like there's probably a little bit more realistic version of course they got (laughs) you know it got told a big old yarn Mm -hmm. from it but i think it's really cool that makes a lot of sense now here's the interesting thing i'm going to tell you what of any of these fucking vampires and vampire ish creatures we've ran into like Vertilocks that are basically vampire werewolves. <laughs> yeah, I remember we mentioned that. And these are kind of like vampire zombies. If I have to face any of them, I'm going to face these fuckers all day long. Oh, yeah. Because did you see how many things they're fucking weak to? First off, they show a shit ton of things they're weak to in just this movie alone. There's and the fact that on. you can cure them. Yeah. Depending on how far they are into it. You know, that's good news for those who are infected. But... <laughs> I'm going to list off these things here that said our methods and items used to counter hopping vampires. Because holy fuck. Okay, Western vampires, obviously you can't see their reflection in a mirror. However, you can actually like scare off a hopping vampire with a mirror. They're said (laughs) to be terrified with their own reflection. (laughs) Hell yeah. Items made of wood from a peach tree. 
because peach is the essence of the five elements that can subjugate evil auras and deter evil spirits. A rooster's call. Evil spirits withdraw when they hear a rooster's call because it usually occurs with the rise of the sun. Fire. That one's self-explanatory. <laughs> Vinegar. <laughs> nice. The Bagua sign. The I Ching, the old Chinese divination text. I guess just holding up the text. <laughs> Damn. Writings from Tong Shu, which was a, an Eastern philosopher. Okay, nice. <laughs> Glutinous rice, which is one of the ones we see that was used really time and time again in this. I liked how they incorporated that in this film. Edzuki beans. Okay, we've got those at work. Obviously, you have to do something more. They already have to be under your control in some way. Okay. But we saw the handbell working on them. Right. Apparently, the Hindu devotional hymn, the Hanuman Chalisa, will protect you from them. So some more text. Yeah, more text. So they really they don't, don't like, like reading. I was about to say, they're not big on reading, dude. Thread stained with concoction of black ink, chicken blood, and a burnt talisman. Okay, so we yeah, see we that. that. Blood of a black dog. I'm going to say with from that one. Yeah. <laughs> a stonemason's awl, I guess, just to poke them with. Wow, okay. Axe. I think that one's more just like you can chop them apart. Like, yeah, just nothing's stopping up. you from the doing that. Well, I mean... Homeboy at the end was pretty impervious. I was saying he was pretty badass. We know that they can't see you if you're holding your breath. <laughs> Heck yeah. And apparently also you can drop a bag of coins and they have to count the coins. Kind mm -hmm. of like Western vampires there's do the, like have to count, count poppy seeds yeah. and shit. I yeah. said there's something that the X-Files mm -hmm. did that was pretty funny about that. Apparently they have OCD. And Stephanie Lamb wrote in Hop on Pop, Jiangxi Films, in a transnational context, here's the main methods of protecting and fending off a hopping vampire. To subdue a hopping vampire, the person must take a thin yellow piece of paper and write out a distinct spell in chicken's blood, which will then be attached to the vampire's forehead. The person defending themselves against a hopping vampire can use an eight-sided mirror called a bakwa mirror, which is often used in feng shui. The mirror's purpose is to reflect the light, which in turn scares the creature away. A sword charged under the light of the moon made of Chinese coins can be used in an attack against the vampire. There you go. Yeah. To stop a hopping vampire in its place, take a small amount of blood and place it on the creature's forehead. We see that in the flick. And to banish the hopping vampire, a person can throw sticky rice at the creature, drawing out the evil in it. Hell yeah. <laughs> of course, like I said... That's the tropes. That's what you're now going to see through films. Not all of those are actually from folklore methods, right, but they're right, but pretty is... close to some of that shit that, like, yeah, we were saying awesome. anyway. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of ways you can defend yourself, dude. The blood on the forehead's the easiest one. That was awesome, man. It, but it was so cool. That scene was great, wasn't it? Yeah, I like how it does open. You're not quite <laughs> sure exactly what's going on. It, it essentially was his name, Mandoy. Mm-hmm. He's, it looks like he's kind of blessing or putting incense around some of the coffins and the brothers that are there, <laughs> the hopping corpses. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay. And then it's pretty funny. It's good. Is there's an early scare that's set up because when he puts the incense in one of the coffins, it winds up being his buddy, Chao Seng, fucking with him. But he does because he's got the fangs in and they fall out. And he's like, it's just me. Chill it's out. Just me. But earlier, they're using the candle wick. Mm -hmm. to keep those hopping corpses kind of 
from yeah i'm not sure what that was they didn't really explain that part too well because it seems like any other time just having the thing on the forehead was enough to keep the right like the talisman Mm -hmm. yeah but because they're goofing and he knocks that over they're kind of reanimated and they start going after those guys yeah and then the master and priest four eyes get involved and they're all they're badasses they're awesome dude i'm like damn this movie's going off already i like it and the way the score hits and when they're like dabbing dudes' foreheads, I like the sound effects they use for it. The sound design in this movie is fucking fantastic because there is there is almost video game-like sound effects attributed to certain actions that yeah. happen throughout the movie that most often have to do with the vampires. Either their hopping sound or there was the sound for the thing being put on their foreheads. Awesome. I think there's one or two other things that come up throughout the movie too. And it should be cheesy, but it's so fucking charming. It makes it very endearing, in, at least in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Early appeal for me. I was like, yes, this is already hitting these beats. The this hop sound, good. for some reason, I fucking dug that it hopping was, sound. It was all good. And then they get them under control, you know, and the guy's leading them back out. Throws the parchments. He says a little blessing, whatever. And yeah, the one, he's like kind of hopping into the stuff. <laughs> and your boy's leading him out. I was like, this is... I'll help you, uncle. Yeah, I, I like where this is going. Now, I did have to look up. I was just kind of curious if this was a traditional thing or a common thing in China, using like uncle and brother and aunt, mm-hmm. you know. And it's like, it's just their way of yeah. kind of like saying, ma'am, sir, what have you. I was like, okay, it's just like a... Very honorable thing for them. I don't know who you are, but I have no reason not to respect you. So right, just come know, on, I, uncle. Yeah, I like it. I was like, that's pretty cool because it's all like family. They mm-hmm. treat everybody like family. Along the way, some of the early stuff that I do like is there's some part of it you do get to feel for the town. I suppose Master Gao and Men Choi they go to the Western Tea place they've never been before. That seems pretty good. The coffee. Yeah, I like that C- coffee. Coffee? Yeah. You like your coffee plan? She sets them up pretty good. That's pretty funny. That was a funny... The funny thing is, though, is like it really doesn't come to anything because even though Man Choi (laughs) does exactly what she did, like Master (laughs) Yam doesn't call him on it. Mm -mm. Instead, (laughs) he's more like... Dude, you like yours? He's not even paying attention to homeboy just like chugging down like some sugar. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, wait, you like your coffee black? <laughs> uh, sure. And then they eat, what was it, the tarts? Yeah. Which, or the custard, yeah. The custard tart, which tarts in the name. So they're like, we got to throw a little bit of sugar on this, right? <laughs> they even dab a little bit more of the cream. Yeah. So just treat it like you're eating candy, man. <laughs> And then the scene right after that, too, is pretty good because... The hookers? Right. I thought that was funny. I mentioned the almost like pratfall nature of kung fu comedy, but this is the other comedy stuff that you very, very often see in kung fu movies. And it's either being awkward in a social situation because of not knowing something. Misunderstanding or, yeah, like you said. Or a mistaken identity. (laughs) And that is definitely the case. Because all she wants is some rouge, and because of what his aunt tells him, there's going to be a woman prostitute coming over from the red light district, essentially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Treat her nice, but he's going to upcharge her. And the conversation they have, it's funny because she doesn't know. Yeah. He doesn't know. He's just assuming. <laughs> it's good, man. And her boy comes over. He's like, oh, that's where you've been. And then they're trying to tell her, she's asking, well, what did you mean? Where... And they're doing like the brothel, the restaurant, the hotel. 
Yeah. Oh, that's pretty funny. Old too. man Joy every time is like the brothel. <laughs> the brothel. The brothel. <laughs> the brothel. Oh man. And then what he does outside when he's explaining to Master Gal what happened, mm-hmm. and he's doing his little thing, and he gets slapped. Everybody's oh yeah. God. I was like, I bet you they had a really good time filming this film. Yeah, it seemed like a good time. Now, thirty percent extra for hookers. Man, I'm opening up a shop right next to him that's giving hookers 15% off. There you go. Like, competition. That's a big fucking uptick for. I know, man. They got to make a living. They got to eat. Yeah. You know, don't shame them. Assholes. That's all I'm getting at. (laughs) Yeah. That's all I'm getting at. Biggest asshole in this movie, though, if you think as to the way everything plays out (laughs) and where it all stems from, the fucking feng shui guy. Good point. He had a problem with fucking Master Yam's daddy, and it's his fault. Fucking daddy's a vampire. He didn't do anything about the grave correctly. Mm -mm. And I think he knew what was up. I think he intentionally meant for them, fucking, what is it? Master Gao says, at least he's not a full-blown asshole, because at least he told you you to fucking rebury it in 20 years so that it doesn't fuck, you know, your entire family line forever. Just like one generation at a but time. I think he knew that he was going to be letting loose a fucking vampire. Yeah, I mean that was part of it. That's a part of the deal. Yeah, along I, with I don't think he's on being him. only half an asshole. No, I no. think he's being twice the asshole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Double whammy. <laughs> yeah, it's fucked. But I do like all of that too. Like them doing the unburying or you know uprooting the coffin and. Just the whole countryside. Apparently that was filmed, that location, for a lot of other films. I believe in this genre. Pretty interesting enough. But I can see why. It's it's pretty cool. I like mm-hmm. all of that stuff. And then you get kind of an early introduction, setting up the subplot with uh, Chao Sang and Jade, I guess Ooh. is what she's referred to in the wiki notes. But she, like I said, she's the one who's called Siyuk, is what he calls her. Right. She's the, the one that he puts... He's like, oh, she's she was only twenty. Like, what a waste. <laughs> she's like, uh-uh. Mm-mm. I see you looking at me, boy. I see you. <laughs> yeah. So anyhow, yeah, I like that. That little I don't subplot. Mind cold tag it. No, it's like you know, it was what it was. I ain't blaming nobody. <laughs> but I do like how they're setting up some of these things, kind of giving an idea of why we're gonna get what we're gonna get with the yam. So on top of it too, his body's still intact. The grandpa yam, that is. I was going to say, when they yeah. opened up that coffin at the gravesite, everybody was way too calm for him having been in there for 20, 20 years. years. And still looking like that. I'm like, whoa, you guys got some really good spices or, <laughs> you know, your morticians are off the chain. <laughs> yeah. Everybody was way too calm when he was just like, oh, yeah, see, it's just, it's grandpa. Right. And, and they you're like, like it shouldn't be we... grandpa. It should be disgusting. Right. It should. Be... Yeah, exactly. Just bag of bones at this point. Nope. So Mr. Gal does figure that out, and he wants to bring it back to his his home, his estate, whatever, for further studies. And because of that, some of the things they do, which I'd like, is they start doing, like, the tapping of the, the coffins and all that stuff, too. All of that shit was so cool, dude. The way they do all these things that are... Otherwise, I, kind of tedious and just... They make it interesting. I mean, this is a vampire movie, right? So... Master Gao is basically just Chinese Van Helsing. Yeah. And I'm going to take Chinese Van Helsing over normal Van Helsing every fucking day of the week. (laughs) Because first off, he can fight like a motherfucker. (laughs) 
Yeah, four eyes tells him. He's like, whoa, whoa. He's scared that he's going to hurt his dudes. But beyond that, like, he actually knows what the fuck he's doing yeah. on not just like a, well, we have to go fucking stake him level. He's like, uh -huh. no, look, I'm going to fucking do some magic. Look at me fucking whip this fucking ink together kung fu style. Dude, that was so dope. <laughs> like, throw this grain of rice over here and set this entire fucking thing on fire. Yeah, like, he just separates, get one... <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna know actual magic spells that do things so, against the undead. Oh, yeah. No fucking fifteen different ways to fend off the undead at any given time. I'm taking fucking Chinese Van Helsing. Yeah, he's a master for a reason, dude. Every fucking day of the week. Yeah. He was fucking cool as shit. Got your back. But it's on him for leaving those two fuckers with that important of a task in a room alone. He should have known better. <laughs> but yeah. for film's sake, we know why all this stuff happens. I mean, it's set up early on. These two are just goofballs when they're together. Yeah. And I don't think he has to be there being like, you missed a spot. Yeah. I think him just being in the room is enough for them oh, to have yeah. double-checked their work. If he what, doesn't leave the doubt. room, they finish that job. I agree. In that case, you do have to kind of like bird dog them. You just mm -hmm. have to watch every move they make just to make sure. Because if not, you get what we get. Which And you don't want that. You don't want a fucking vampire fucking exploding their way out of a coffin. That's why in the goofy parts of it, when I'm bad goofy, it's like it's silly that they're hopping. But in this context, like when he's exploding out of the coffin, like, oh, oh, oh shit. He means business. And just, oh, man, them plucking the fucking lines around the coffin is also just, I don't know why, but it seems way cooler while being way more down to earth than most of the other bullshit we get in these kinds of movies. Like it makes, it weirdly feels like it makes sense. Yeah. Because it, it almost feels like it's rooted in reality. Even the, you know, it's not mm -hmm. really, but <laughs> it does. It feels authentic. I'm like, I've used one of those. I was thinking that too. I was like, I'm not unfamiliar with what they're doing. I haven't done it with chicken blood ink no, no, and no, a burnt no, talisman. No. No, but I've, I've like, done this. I've chalked out lines for, you know, doing electrical work and all kinds mm -hmm. of other stuff. So yeah, I'm familiar. And then when you actually see it bursting against it and you see the lines, even with the cheesy 85 effects, taking the power, it was still cool. Yeah. You knew what it was doing and it, it gave it some charm, mm -hmm. even though it's just like super 80s. But and then like exploding that. coffin. <laughs> yeah. And like they were saying. Grandpa's pissed. Because the way that the incense burned too mm -hmm. and because of. Oh, yeah. They we were learned, like, oh, shit. It that means somebody like in the this. family is going to die. Mm-hmm. So we know that it's going to. I didn't catch yeah. that the first time through. That was a good foreshadowing. It was. It really was. Because you're not sure exactly which one, but it winds up being Master Yam. So Grandpa Yam, the one who's in the coffin, when he bursts out, he goes to his sons, winds up getting him. And it, it was, quote unquote, a gruesome death. Mm -hmm. And because of why he's doing his investigation or whatever his version of an investigation is. And he starts to question. I'm trying to think if He's we're... trying to investigate his cousin's panties. That's what he's trying to do. <laughs> it is pretty good. Uh, I think I like skipped over that. But yeah, that was the scene in between. <laughs> right, where he's visiting. Uh, before he gets... Yeah, before he dies. Yeah. Where Oh, dude, that's a funny-ass scene. Right, because he's all about his cousin. Like, you know, we're old enough now. And what have you. Dude, his fucking reason. He's like... We've been playing together since we were kids. I mean, you played at your house and I played at mine, but we were still counts as playing together, right? We were playing at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. In the context of playing, we were doing it together, but separate, but together. So, you know. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why you should bone your cousin. <laughs> Fucking hell, dude. Yeah, she wasn't having it, rightfully so. But the two dudes, Chao Sang and Men Chao, they show up and he thinks, oh, you're trying to steal and, you know, you shouldn't be around her. She's upset because you're here. <laughs> but they try to get back at him and it's funny because that shit was fucking hilarious. The whole talisman and tying Men Chao to Wei. That was hilarious. Have him slap himself, pull down his pants and shit. All of it's funny. It's good. The timing on the jumping out was so good. They had it. They did a really good job. That was, okay. There's Silly. some parts that are really good as far as the actual fighting go. Oh, it's not the best no, it's not choreographed. The best Decent, though. But it makes up for it by having scenes like that being exceptionally well choreographed. Dude, I was thinking that. I was like, along the way, and it's been noted, too, like they brought on some people. I've mentioned all these writers. Some of them were brought in because of the comedy aspect of mm -hmm. it for scenes such as this as well. And I even heard, or, or, I read some stuff that the director, he liked when the cast were kind of like joking around and sometimes it fit the scene they were going to do. So he's like, let's try it. And you know, and that's just another one of those scenes that shows just how magical this world is, which is why I was buying the hopping vampires by the end. No doubt. No doubt. It makes you, you know, grasp onto some of these characters. It gives them not only charm, but some depth, mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, okay, you get it. You know who these characters are, and you can kind of relate on some level. Do that. I'm fucking humping the banister. That's so funny. He's like, I just want to give some tea, Uncle. <laughs> this is so funny. They fuck him up good. You know, Master Gao, he's catching on. He knows what's up. But oh, yeah, yeah, he then, walks straight out and just like, oh, yeah, he just slaps it out of him. He's like, get the fuck out of here with this shit. <laughs> yeah, and then, like, so that's later on that night. That's when mm -hmm. Grandpa Yam busts out, and then he kills. Master Yam, and then the investigation ensues, and of course Wei because he's in. Uh, I was looking at a word. It was I think they called it like Yay Man or Yao Man, something like oh, that. Yeah, and I was yeah, like, yeah. what the hell does that mean? It's like their way of uh, saying like a council, so it's oh, okay. like governmental kind of stuff. So apparently he's somehow in line because it looks like he's some kind of cop or some kind of investigator, what have you, mm -hmm. something to do with that. So like, okay, that makes kind of sense in that context when they're having these other offbeat conversations. Right. But long story short, he's like, oh, yeah, he, he got shot. And he's like, uh, Master Gao's like, uh, no. No. <laughs> like, well, it was fucking needles, man, from a kung fu master. Yeah. He's, he's like, like where, where's the needles? Yeah, where, where are they at? He's like, uh. He's like, no, I'm, I'm telling you, I won the election. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Trust me. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> And then Master Gal kind of slips up a little bit. He's like, no, it's long fingernails. And everybody there's got long fingernails. <laughs> and he's like, oh, so yeah. So he, of course he becomes a prime suspect. Gets I love those two that were like right next to each other. They were like, like nope, nope, nope uh-uh. <laughs> of course he gets detained. But that next sequence, like leading up to that night where he's kind of telling them what to do. I thought, I like I thought it was, man, on just like a, a character being a good movie level, I kind of liked Master Gao in that moment being like, dude, the fact I'm going to jail right now doesn't Doesn't matter. stop the, the fact yeah, that this is happening. Yeah, we, we have to get ready for this right now. Don't worry about getting me out. We just got to worry about fucking stopping this. Exactly, man. And that's right, because they're competent, they're capable, and in the face of panic, they have plans. They know what to do. It's like Master Gao, he knows what to do. He knows what to do. Right. Because... He's, He's on better point, Van dude. Helsing. <laughs> this fucking dude's on point. 
Like he knows everything, and that's what makes him like a really cool character. Period that we've covered. Yes. Like very capable character. So yeah, he tells these dudes what's up, what to do, and then oh, you know what we <laughs> skipped over? The fucking amazingly fucking almost scary movie esque <laughs> sequence of the ghost on the bike. Oh yeah, dude. Oh my gosh, dude, that's so good. That was really good. That reminded me of some just a stupid throwaway thing that would be in like like I said, scary movie. But this is 1985. That is, it's awesome. I like all that shit, man. It's fucking, it's Zucker Brothers-esque. It's really, really good. It's charming. It's sweet. It's funny. <laughs> you know? It's like, oop, got a duck. She's not paying attention. Uh, no, she's, she's all, all like, she's just mesmerized that she's got this poor fool. <laughs> what the fuck? Doop. And I like where they show like this little other little statue laughing at her. She's like, uh uh-uh, uh, fuck this. I'm out. <laughs> but the dude's carrying her too. Mm-hmm. Like the little song that accompanies. Yeah, it's like dude, the song that was so on fucking point. Like it's the so lyrics good. were all like, Who's gonna date the ghost chick? <laughs> yeah. She needs some loving. Are you the fool? <laughs> yeah, it's good. Ghost it's chick's good. horny. <laughs> ready to bone up. Uh, I know this is a little bit further ahead, but that was like after, you know, the first thing is him sending the incense. Second thing is her in the woods with him. Mm-hmm. Unbeknownst to him, he has no idea. The third thing is when she's like, she's telling that other guy who's patrolling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Molest me. Like, what? It's <laughs> like, I'm not going to let you uh, ruin my integrity. No, thanks, ma'am. But she has super molester powers. Yeah, she does. She's like, you're going to come over here and touch up on me. <laughs> But, she, of course, you know, she's using it to her advantage so she can lure uh, Chow Sengen. You could have made this a short film that was just the ghost story part of this, and it's a good movie. Right, because her character is pretty strong as well. It's not just some offbeat little goofy character. It's, she's pretty good. This has a, an A and B plot that are so close to just being matching. Good point, yeah. Like the A plot is only, in a very small percentage, more important than the B plot. Yeah, 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 you're right. It is like 1A, 1B. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but that's what makes it entertaining, too. It's It gives some of these other characters some more purpose in the film, mm-hmm. you know, whereas they're just sidekicks and goofballs. It gives them a little bit more depth by adding this other ghost character, which, like I said, she's good. She does a really good fucking job. Okay, Master Gow in jail, getting his head stuck in the fucking <laughs> bars. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. It was so funny. Let's say... Pulling down his fucking knickers yeah. wouldn't have worked. What was the next step? Was he just going to start blowing them? <laughs> Hands or mouth. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know. You know, in his favor, it worked. <laughs> yeah. Look, I'm not going to be held accountable for anything I did. That's what he said, too, right? And okay. he told him, hey, it got him out of a pinch, right? It worked. Oh, yeah. So what they're doing, she was trying to keep an eye Alfred the vampire and it happens to be because master yam is there like his corpse is there Mm -hmm. he springs to life and it's like oh now they have a whole another threat and that's where some of that choreography comes into play too this was some of the better stuff yeah like whether it is the actor or his stunt double it's still really good Mm -hmm. like the whole chase sequence what they're doing even (laughs) like having to hold her breath and stuff like that too is pretty good I mean, all of it's really good, man. And that whole entire sequence. When fucking cousin-in-law first shows up and interrupts everything, right after Chow Sang, mm-hmm. 
had stopped Master right, Yam yeah. for the first he time. Puts the parchment or the talisman on him, right? And then Wei comes back with his little. When Wei buddies. comes back, what the fuck did he think was going on? I have no idea. Like, what are you doing playing Weekend at Bernie's with my uncle in law? <laughs> but, like, he knows uncle's dead. Exactly. The dude's standing up. With something on his face, and he's like, "Oh, we just gotta lie him down, like he's right. sick or something." And the, you know, the thing that in his, he sees a child saying, "I guess go over that little dive over the fucking bed of nails. nails." Yeah, and he's like, oh, "Okay, someone's out here necroing it up. <laughs> <laughs> we got a necro out here." <laughs> it's weird he gets off to pages of the I Ching. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, but. Yeah, in his mind, his theory, right? Gray Robert, who knows? But he takes a pop shot after he tells the guys to, you know, lock us in. <laughs> yeah, and don't pay attention to anything you hear. I'm just going to lay my uncle down. Good job, yeah. So anyway. My dead uncle, I'm going to lay him down on the bed. You guys don't come into anything you hear. <laughs> what, does he, like, check him out? And then, like, he blows or something, and it knocks the parchment he knocks off of him. He's like, oh, off. whatever. And he goes and investigates. Chao Sang takes the shot at him. He's, He's like, like, behind no. you. He's like, no, that's my uncle is right behind me. Uh, <laughs> and that, yeah, that whole sequence, man, is really so good. good. It's comedy to it. I like when they're they're holding their breath and he stops, but he's still kind of, you know, walking by them. And the way that he gets them, yeah, he has to poke his eyes. <laughs> it's so funny, man. All of it's so good, dude. But, you know, it leads to what we get. Even the second time he puts his head through, it's like, oh, <laughs> shit, here we go again. That was pretty cool, though, the him pulling it in just the nick of time to not get whacked in the fucking face by the board. Yeah, it worked. <laughs> and then he, he's like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but because he brought him everything he needed, yeah. right? It gave him time. Except the rice was cooked. That was the only bad part. Yeah, because he, he thought he would, maybe he was going to get hungry. <laughs> A, yeah, I mean, I'm still going to eat it. That's not what I was looking for. <laughs> yeah. B, now I kind of want some rice. but I know, it doesn't sound bad. We already talked about it a little bit, but it was a little bit after that that you get, like, the molest me scene and shit. And yeah. A homeboy saves her and goes and stays with her. Oh, that's funny. But the best part is fucking when he gets back and Man Choice just, with all the love bites, must have been a horny ghost. <laughs> you know, he even says it, and he, I mean, he mentions it later on, too. Like, he says either she's a prostitute or she's a ghost. <laughs> Yeah. Essentially. Is He's like, this was way too easy. Yeah. He's like, I know I'm the shit, but I'm not this much the shit. And the, the, it's funny because she's, you know, she's like, I don't know how to repay you. And he's like, well, you know, he starts listing off all these reasons, you know, why she should repay him. She's like, I guess I should give you my heart. And he's like, wait, what? That whoa, worked? Whoa. He's like, whoa, hold on. <laughs> and then when he goes back in, he's like, you know, I didn't mean to lead you on or anything like that. He's like, I'm not really. He's like, I got to go actually like do shit tonight because... My homeboy is turning into a vampire. Yeah, she manipulates him. She opens up the heavens, so to speak, the rains. And he's like, oh, well. She's like, well, you know, if you have to go, at least stay for some wine. He's like, oh, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, she gets him. She got him. The way it's shot, the entire cinematography, man. Yeah, I, I will say in the set design and stuff, phenomenal. The fight with Grandpa, though, was pretty cool. All the fights with Grandpa are cool because yeah. we skipped over one to get to him boning a ghost. But right, I mean, but I mean, almost at the same time when Yam comes back to life, Master Yam, that is when we just talked about that sequence in conjunction too, because Mount Chao is supposed to be looking after Miss Ting Ting. Mm -hmm. That's when they get attacked, and on the way back, 
they thwart his attack and they have their first kind of like encounter with him and all that stuff. So, and that's when he pops in, like I mentioned earlier, just like pushing the gate over. Like. Yeah, it's dope, man. Like all of that stuff is dope. You can tell Grandpa Yam was badass at this point. Like he's mm-hmm. the, the lead vampire in this essence, maybe like a Dracula type of character yeah. without actually being Dracula, just a strong vampire, hopping vampire. A little bit Vertilaki coming back to his family. Yeah, that's a good point. Very, very good point. Very tied to back to the family. Yeah, those fights are dope. That first one against Grandpa Yam isn't as cool. Not as cool. As but... the fight against Master Yam. Because they set him on fire and shit by the end of that scene in the prison. That was pretty good. The way yeah. they they stab him. And then he's like, boom, boom. Throws that parchment on him. Mm-hmm. And that's they kind of allude to that beginning with. is like, we should cremate them we right should now. cremate them right now he's like no he was always afraid of fire we're like no shit who's not <laughs> it's like come on dude also Man. guess what's going to happen by the end of this we should have just done it at the beginning <laughs> yeah i mean they do a good job of kind of doing that kind of stuff foreshadowing and explaining the reasons why why it makes sense because it does come back just listen to master gal he knows what he's doing right why even question him at this point come on dude because he wants to get in that cousin panties. I mean, you know, I can't blame him. But, um, <laughs> no, I mean, family, dude. You he can't wants Ting Ting on his ding ding. <laughs> it all goes back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is kind of funny, man. I thought this is kind of silly. Along the way, too, is Master Gao. He sends Chao Seng to go get some gluttonous rice. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and he gets scammed and all that stuff because the slow son... The son's an idiot, and he's already spilling the rice all over the place. There's been a run on it because everyone at this point has heard there's vampires because all those guards got the fuck out of there after that first vampire attack. Uh, We have, nope. Shitting themselves. And the last thing they heard was, well, rice can suck out the the evil. And so he's like, we got every fucking rice under the goddamn sun, (laughs) and we're running out of this one... We got to stretch this shit. Mix it with the, Mix uh, the, it long, with the grain. long grain. The sun's fucking idiot, though. <laughs> That's so funny. He just dumping rice. And he tells him, he's like, yeah, I gave him, what would he say, 45 in one and 30 in the other? <laughs> what was it? Yeah. And he thought it was like, 50 and 30. He's like, yeah, he's like, they wanted 50 of whatever it is. Yeah. He's like... Mix in 30 of the long grain. So it would be 20, be 20, 30. Yeah, right. it's supposed to be 20, 30. And he gave them. He's like, man, that bag did seem heavy. He's like, how much did you give him? He's like, well, you said add 30 in. Yeah. So he gave him 50, 30. And he's like, what? He's like, no, don't worry about it. I scammed him. I only put in 25. <laughs> so it's 75. Yeah, it's like, damn, no. He's like, you fucking idiot. <laughs> but... Yeah, along the way, what happens is it causes... Oh, I think that was when they, like, bone up and all that stuff, wasn't it? When she has yeah, the molestation. Probably. So yeah. that... But a little bit further, the way that it gets encountered They do a lot again, of traveling, and right. it's this shit happens during the traveling moments, and we're probably getting it all out of order, but it's all fucking amazing. And I think I know what's happening. All right, so after they have their first encounter, and we have to mention Man Choi, he's the one who gets infected. Yeah. Right? Because of the fingernails. And he's doing his dance around the that house. is so funny. He's like, yeah, you need to, you need to move so that way you don't have blood clots and it, mm-hmm. you know you have the progression of the virus or the poison in your body. All and that stuff is good. So he was telling them, you'll get stiff. Right. The gyong in Gyeongsi is stiff, I believe. 
Okay, that makes sense. They hop because they're suffering from rigor mortis and they can only move so much. Yeah. And so he's Of like, course, I already explained that the hopping yeah. is probably just because or of the, the corpses. Yeah, yeah. And that makes a lot of sense. But that's what it evolved into was they're suffering rigor mortis so they can only move so much. So that's why they're hopping. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that guy who plays the part of Mencho, he does such a good job. He's so, he's, good. He's so good in this film. And he does. He hops around and, you know, keeps active. And our boy, because he's all love bitten, he's like taking a nap on the chair. And I think it was later on when he does wake up, he's like, How long have I been sleeping? He's like, All night. He's like, I need to get back while I blah, blah, blah. And that's where Master Gal, he's like, Oh, I'm going to go follow my dude and see what's going on. Yeah. And then that's when they have their fight. And that's fucking awesome. It's so that bonkers. Ghost fight goes crazy. Cuckoo bonkers. All right. Oh, I don't want to spoil anything because I have a feeling they're borrowing from a different film and I'm not going to mention it because I, I want to cover it at some point. Okay. So I'm not going to say what it is. I will say this. It even harkens back a little bit to uh, a video game. Some of our listeners, myself included, maybe yourself included, have played is the original Friday the 13th. No, I never did. There, <laughs> in the game, Jason Voorhees' mom, for whatever reason, is a floating head. That you have to fight. It's fucking weird. But I don't think they're drawn from that. I think they're drawn from something else. That's how I'm going to reserve it. But it's still bonker. I loved it. Because well, first, our boy is so lovesick. First it's flying head, but then holy hair. That's what I'm getting. <laughs> it's so bonkers, man. What I was going to say is, is when he's spying, he uses, he's like, let me see the real her. He does that and his eyes glow. I was like, they're doing it again with the sound effects. It's so good. <laughs> and... Yeah, he sees her, and he's like, whoa, shit. I got to help my dude out. That looked a little like Tokyo Gore Police. Yeah, he's like, he's got his drunk goggles on. <laughs> and that's yeah. the eye he's dabbing. Yeah. Her fucked up, like... Oh, yeah. Her fucked up Petting face it. and her eye just, like, bulged out and shit. <laughs> like, he's like, oh, no, you got something here. Yeah. But then enters Master Gao. He fucks her up with some of his magic, right? Mm-hmm. But what she does is while, you know, they're having their encounter, Master Gao and she, is she's making uh, Master Gao look like Wei is going after her. Mm -hmm. And then because he's so enchanted by her, he starts to fend off his master. <laughs> and so once again, you're adding this comedic thing to it, but it's still kind of serious because mm -hmm. you got the martial arts and the seriousness of the situation. But it's all good. The choreography, once again, is really good. Mm -hmm. yeah, I like all that stuff. At what point is it that she saves him? Because that's why he wants to let her go at the end, was because she does jump in at some point and fucking rips Grandpa Grand Vamp she out does. of fire. She does, because I think there's there are moments where there's like simultaneous things going mm -hmm. on where they do trap her, but she gets out because she's spying in. I think that's after when she escapes during this sequence I was talking about, when he's spying on Chao Seng. And she escapes. She kind of like flies off. And then after that, they tie him back up because they're expecting her to Grandpa come It's not Grandpa Vampire. She saves him from Man Choi when he turns. Yeah, because they're locked in that room mm -hmm. together. Yeah. He knows he's turning, but he's like, you know, doing things to make it look like he's not. <laughs> Including using the rouge. <laughs> that is so <laughs> he funny. He just comes out like... <laughs> <laughs> he's got his fingernails clipped. <laughs> yeah. He's like... If I were a vampire, would I be doing this? <laughs> He's so silly, man. But it's good. It's funny. It lends to the charm of this film, once again. Mm -hmm. He's like, you better get your ass up there and start moving around. What are you doing? He's like, oh, yeah. Hop, hop, hop. hop, hop. 
Some of that stuff too, I thought was clever is with the rice too, to make it, otherwise it's just like, oh, this is kind of silly. But when he wakes up, he sees the outline of himself and the black rice. Mm -hmm. I was like, it's a simple, clever thing because all you got to do is put black rice down. It's as simple as that. Yeah. But it's effective because it lends to like, oh no, I'm I'm turning. Well, and you have later when they have the rice set up as a barrier. Yeah, he steps when down Grandpa's attacking and he steps down. I'm saying it's like that's a practical thing, <laughs> but it gives weight to what this film's trying to tell you about this. Why mm -hmm. they're using the rice in the first place? It's like, oh yeah, we can track them. There's a second fight with the ghost, and Master Gao almost kills her, but Chao Sang's like, no, nah, we got to let her go. And that ends up happening. She leaves peacefully. Yeah. One thing I want to say during that, too, is how he preps his sword and shit. Oh, Use yeah. The moonlight. That was cool. <laughs> Once, that was dope as fuck. Yeah. That was so video game-esque. And like, then that lends to their like, headless fight and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Using That's so dope. But then you still have to deal with the main threat of this movie, which is Grandpa. Yeah, Master Gao, what he's doing is he's setting up outside. Mm -hmm. And on the inside, that's where he's got Ting Ting in her room, Men Chao, and he's got Chao Sing, you know, tied up on the chair. Yeah. Like, yeah. And so like, that is when all that simultaneous stuff is happening. Is she appears, and they have their fight out front. And at the same time, your boy's turning, and then <laughs> Grandpa... Yam shows up? He, no, he doesn't show up till later. Okay. Because it's during that fight, she saves Chao uh, Sang yeah, from right. Manchoy. Then they have but that then they fight. manage to, yeah, they manage to subdue him because they turn him back That's right. to human. He dumps before... back into the bucket or whatever that was. That's right. Yeah. And then they thwart her off in the front. Mm -hmm. and yeah. Then... And then the next morning or whatever it is, he's starting to come back to health somewhat. He's starting to feel pain. I think it might even be supposed to be more than just the next morning. I think it's yeah. supposed to be like a few days I, later. You're probably right. They found out that they got scammed with the rice. I think that was part yeah. of the gig. He's like, why is he not? Why is this not? He's like, oh, it's the fucking rice. Like, yeah. Long rice. grain. What the fuck? You're right. That's how that works out. As it's happened, that's right. As they're nursing him back to health, Manchoy, Wei comes back because he's alerting them that the fucking vampires doing shit. It's attacking again, and so Master Gao goes with him into town, and they're checking out the corpse. He's like, "We gotta put these umpires and light them up." So they do, and then because now they're nursing him back to health, that's when our boy attacks. Right. Yeah, and he comes in through this the sunroof or the skylights, what they call it. Yeah, and then all that stuff ensues, which is good because. You've got Wei involved. You've got Man Chao involved because they're all inside. They're trying to close themselves in, and the threat's coming in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's how all that stuff works out. And then Gao comes back. All that stuff happens. Yeah, so you get this There's really cool, cool There, He's a badass. Like He's super strong. One of the coolest things is when they're like, oh, it can still see. Go for the eyes. And fucking Master Gao knocks it on its back, and fucking... Chao Sang oh, does man. that flip up and Dude, hooks his feet in the top of that banner so, so that he can stab down right at his eyes with the two swords. And then they even show like the shot after his he gets thwarted. And you look up and then, yeah, he gets thwarted down. That is such a cool sequence. They do a lot, oh, not a whole lot, but there's moments when they slow down the action mm -hmm. so that way that you can see how they're pulling that off. And it, it's like, oh, that's pretty dope. Yeah. That was super fucking cool. Overall, that fight is, well, I mean, the fight's good. Mm -hmm. It's it's cool. When the other hopping vampires get involved in the end, it's really neat. Once again, it's kind of cheesy because it's mostly them just like circling him. And yeah. 
they do eventually light asshole on fire by the end of it. Yeah, because what ha- you know, he, he explodes on them. <laughs> and then, yeah, they get involved. Four Eyes is back. He, like, knocks that chandelier that has all the oil on it mm-hmm. and then light them up. Yeah, and then he's like, oh, no, you, my clients. <laughs> Another thing we skipped over, I do want to mention, man. Yeah. Because, uh, I man, it'd suck if we didn't mention this. One of my other favorite parts in this film, there's a scene where Man Choi and Ting Ting are getting chased by Master Yam, the Grandpa Yam, mm-hmm. and they get in the closet together, and they're holding their breath because he's got the bamboo. Oh, that's right. That that's a cool. fucking good sequence. I really like that because it's funny. It makes sense because they're kind of setting up. He's like, don't make fun of my bamboo. He's like, I handcrafted this, and he's looking at it. He's like, oh, so pretty. And then he goes out of the girl. He's like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how it's setting up that because it, it comes in play. Because then it's like he's breathing over here. Yeah, and it's like, that's so clever. And I realized you guys can't see what I just did with my hands, but he's breathing through a long stick of bamboo. So pouring his breath in a different direction mm-hmm. or her breath. Yeah, distracting. But because they make it clear, too, is like, you know, I guess they pick up on your breath. It has to do with their last breath, too. So kind of there's that connection there as mm-hmm. well. So it makes sense. But the way they do it's clever. And I even like how he gets popped in mouth. It's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty fucking that funny. Was pretty good. Yeah, and he he's so frightened, and he has those Q-tips and does that number, plugs that him up. That was cool. It worked. It was funny. He's like, no, I can even sing. <laughs> he blows it out. Yeah, it like all of it's funny, man. It's good. It has a purpose. It's clever. It leads for me. It leads to a big charm and appeal to this film, and I can see why it spawned like this whole explosion not only in hong kong but this particular genre in general i definitely want to see more hopping vampire movies now i know i know the short and simple yeah is like it's got me really interested not only in its sequels but maybe even some of the sub you know films Mm -hmm. the offshoots of this yeah yeah yeah. so yeah for sure i'm super interested in that rigor mortis actually i know like <laughs> as soon as you said that it was kind of like a tribute to it, I looked up a little bit while you're naming off some of the other things, and it seems really interesting. Yeah, I was like, man, they're they're really still like doing it, and I can understand why. There's a huge appeal, not only because it's an interesting version of a vampire, and you know, it makes sense why it draws an Asian crowd because it's rooted in that, uh, but why it's is charming to the Western because there is a fascination with Eastern culture and Kung Fu and, you know, just everything that it lends its hand to. It's just different, you know. Mm-hmm. It already makes it interesting and appealing. But when they do stuff like this, it's like it's, you know, this stuff that we're not unfamiliar with, it's just their spin on it. Yeah. And it's like, this is interesting. It makes me want to know more about it. Dude. Yeah, I super fucking dig this movie. It, I was like, this movie is fucking, this is going to be so much fun. And it it's a lot of fun. If you're any kind of fan of, like we said, whether you're a horror fan, a kung fu comedy fan, it does its a really good job of blending all of them in this mm-hmm. film. Yeah, I know we mentioned that, but it really does. The score is really good. You mentioned the sound effects that accompany some of those scenes and sequences where they probably would land a little bit flat, but putting in almost like a cartoon slash video game sound to it. Mm-hmm. To me, I'm like, oh, damn, this is... It works? <laughs> this is a lot better than doing some kind of, you know, I don't know, some other... Almost too realistic sound effect. It wouldn't... Yeah. I don't know. It wouldn't pay off as much, I don't feel no, like. Yeah, I, I yeah. agree. But uh, yeah, dude, everybody in this film, they're charming. Their characters don't feel forced or out of place, mm-hmm. you know? 
And uh, you can tell there's chemistry with all these people. It's like, man, this is really good. It's really well done. Yeah, I don't think I have much else to offer this one. Nah, me either. I, like I said, uh, check it out. Highly recommend it. And I'm looking forward to whether it's its sequels or, like I said, its offshoots. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. One thing I did see, speaking of video games, I did see that Nintendo back in the day made a video game version of this. It wasn't called <laughs> Mr. Vampire. <laughs> Let me pull this up. I was like, I need, I need to tell you about this. It was called Phantom Fighter. Okay. Right, and it came out September 16th, 1988 in Japan. And then April 1990 here in the States. I was okay. like, that cover looks vaguely familiar. And I don't know if I ever played it. It says all game. Gave it a three out of five stars. So it's like, well, not terrible. But it's got me kind of curious. I may have, but I, I don't remember it. But like I said, it, it really did spawn like, I know Japan got really fascinated with it because of its storytelling. So it kind of spawned some stuff there with it. Yeah, it's just really cool, man. Like, Oh, I did read, too. I, I want to mention this. I saw that they were trying to do an English version of this film. They had a cast. They brought on, I think, one of... I can't remember. It might have been the the lead guy, Cham, okay. Master Gao. It was somebody in this cast. I almost want to say it was him. And they were filming, and they had the cast for it. I think uh, Tanya Roberts was mm. one of the okay. leads. Yeah. Like, they had some pretty decent names attached to it, but because some of the stuff was happening where... The guy who was in this film, he didn't speak really good English, so it was kind of flat for him. And then other stuff happened with production, mm. and it was canned, but they held on to the film. So Golden Harvest still owns that film. It's just I don't think it was ever complete. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so crazy. that must have been kind of weird, like yeah. doing this. Like, oh yeah, we, no, we're gonna have to halt. This Phantom Fighter. I know. I was like, man, it looks vaguely familiar, but I don't know if I ever played it. Yeah, I don't know about this one. I might have to port it and emulate it. Right? No shit. I'm kind of curious, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, so that, what I'm getting at is it, it spawned some really cool pop culture stuff as well. And I think that's about all I have to say. Man, it's huh. dope-ass film. I'm glad we chose it. We don't have a next week pick, do we? I don't believe so. But doesn't mean that there's not a film we can't use. <laughs> that's right. Well, uh... We'll figure out something in order to listen to us next week. Please hit subscribe however you're listening to us right now. Also, if you could rate and review us however you're listening to us right now, that'd be super cool because the world is ran on algorithms and we want to be all up in those algorithms. Yeah, <laughs> also, you know, you can tell people about us. That'd be super cool too. Yeah. We would love to have more people listening to us. But thank you to all of you that already do. You can go check out our website, www.friedsquirms.com. Check out our entire back catalog there. You can contact us through the website or by emailing us, squirmcast at gmail.com. We just got done doing two weeks of listener requests, so you can hit us up and request something. We'll fucking talk about it. Yeah, it makes our job easier. And not only that, but it's a lot of fun. I yeah. really do enjoy it. Find us, Fried Squirms, across all the social medias. And when you're over at our website, if you click links up at the top, we are part of the Earvern Podcast Network. Go listen to other shows over on the network. Listen to me talk about nerdy shit over on General Nerdery. Listen to The Art of Wargaming, where they talk about war treatises mixed with modern wargaming, such as Belagarth and Warhammer 40K. More shows to come. More info about that very soon, actually. Since I'm involved, we'll cross-pollinate it. And you guys will get to hear all about it on here, one of these episodes, to let you know when it's going to be dropping. So, did I miss anything? I think that's it. I think you covered the bases. Did I say social medias? Fried squirms. Yeah. We'll be what pops you up. You can find us. Yeah. We're but... easy to find. We're the only fried squirms. <laughs> I know you've already mentioned, but we do enjoy your recommendations. Sometimes, we know, we take your suggestions as well, if you have some suggestions. And if you're in the industry... 
independent filmmaker, if you need somebody to put some eyeballs on your films, let us know. We like that as well. Hell yeah. But we're going to go figure out what the fuck we're doing next week. So yep. for this week, I'm Tyler. I'm Danny. Fried Scrooms. Oot. Oot. <laughs>